This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash be here now. Welcome to the New Growth Podcast with Nikki Walton. Join her as she explores divine love as a key to spiritual growth, empowered service, and inner and outer success. If you'd like to support Nikki's podcast, please visit BeHereNowNetwork.com forward slash Nikki. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to New Growth. I am your host, Nikki Walton, and today I am with Krishna Das, referred to as KD. KD um, is a Grammy Award-nominating Kirtan artist. He's an author. He's a rock star. He's worked with artists like Steely Dan and Sting, and his music has become the, like, soundtrack of my whole entire life, especially over this year, 2020. This has been the year of KD for me. So please uh, join me in welcoming Krishna Das to New Growth. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. And thanks for letting everybody know that I'm a Grammy loser. (laughs) I'm an NAACP Image Award nominated author, so I'm a loser too. But it's all good, right? Good company. company. (laughs) It's good. So um, I want this time... um, I want to spend it kind of introducing people that aren't aware of what chanting the names of God, like what that is and how it can be used practically in awakening. And then for folks like me, you know, I've been doing this kind of off and on since about 2014, um, but have been doing it steadily. Like I'm going to tell you about it a little bit more later, just how much of my life has become in this past year. Um, so for folks like me, like to help us troubleshoot and be more effective, um, do you think that sounds good? Like a good Blueprint for the hour? Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I'd like to start by just asking you what your present moment experience is. Like, what's your experience of this moment? You mean this moment or this moment in time? Mm, This moment beyond time. Like, how does Katie experience moment to moment or seeming moment to moment life? Hmm. Well, uh, it's a good question. Uh, I've been doing this stuff for a long time, you know, or at least pretending to do it for a long time. Uh, I was, you know, back in high school, I was reading books about Buddhism. So we're talking about over 60 years of uh, 
going 55 years of, of being interested in what's not usually called the spiritual path, whatever that means. And trying to find a way to live in this world in a good way, you know, in a way that wasn't full of, of uh, a lot of emotional pain and, and, and a lot of unresolved desires and frustrations and in a way that wasn't wasn't like I had to hide from people or couldn't connect with people, you know. So this this moment is like every moment that that has been here. You know, I uh, I always I'm always angling back towards that place inside. Mm. But not in a, uh, you know, I've learned that you can't push things away. You can't, it, finding one's true self and finding the love that lives within us will never work if we, by, by trying to protect ourselves and push things away. Letting go of things is different than pushing things away. And so every moment that we're here, uh, we could, we have the, the possibility to remember uh, what we, what life could be about if it could be the way we would like it to be. Beautiful. So, so you know, you go through your day uh, floating in and out of being here and being gone. And most of the time we're gone. Most of the time. You know, and some people, and unfortunately it's most people, get born, they graduate from high school, they drink a little beer, and then they die. Yep. <laughs> and that's it. They're gone. Then they were never here for a minute. Yeah. You know, and if when you realize that, that that's kind of the default way that most of us go through our lives. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very intense. It's, it's, you, you really, and the funny thing about it is you, you don't realize that so much until you hit a wall and you start to experience uh, that kind of longing to be free of the things that keep us screwed up. Yes. So, you know, I, I, I just go through the day in the best way I can. Yeah. Um, uh, the moments of practice, which we can talk about, but those moments reverberate out through the day and they keep pulling me back into the present moment uh, or the heart, you could say, you know, mm -hmm. just to be here. I mean, right. we talk about the present moment, it's kind of like a spacey kind of thing. But when you talk about the heart and, you know, really feeling uh, present and feeling available to life and to people and to just be with people without having to prove anything or project anything or pretend you know it just it's but we do a lot of that pretending yeah. and projecting because we we need things and we think that's the way we're going to get it exactly so 
that was a long answer for a short I question. I loved it, though. It was think, great. <laughs> and I don't even think I answered the question, but I, I avoided it very nicely, I think. You yeah. did answer. You said that. You said one thing that stood out to me when you said angling, like angling back toward that love or toward that center. Yeah. How does that look for you? Because when I hear that, for me, when I'm angling back, it's like a listening. So it's like I'm listening for silence, which is why chanting is great for me because it gives me great contrast. So I'm chanting yeah. and I can hear the silence that's very obvious. And when I listen for the silence, there's love. And then that is the present moment for me. Like that love is it because yeah. it all it's always there. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. But we do get distracted. You know, we do yes. lose that awareness. And all day. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, though, you can't grab onto that awareness. You can't hold on to it. You can only cultivate it, and then it arises by itself. You can't, you, you, it's like you can't see yourself looking out of your eyes, you right. know. You, you can't grab that. But, but through the, 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 the desire to become free and, uh, and the, uh, the results of the practices that you do, you get pulled back from outer space you know dreamland you know much more often right. and until you until we uh add some kind of practice to our lives we don't realize we're not here yeah i mean you talk to most people they don't you know yeah i'm here what do you mean you know no i don't think so you're saying that but you're not really you're we're, you're in that flow of reactive actions that yeah. just keep bouncing off of everything it was very hard to talk about here ness mm -hmm. but it's not hard to talk about uh quieting down a right. little bit and you know i remember i read something once about uh people who are in these kind of ultra conservative born again type situations mm -hmm. they believe the devil is inside mm. and so they won't look at yeah. themselves yeah because they're afraid that that's going inside calming down and dealing with your negative emotions and stuff that's they're afraid the devil's in there so they stay facing outwards wow and they don't find any peace of mind you know they only find that heavy emotional hit that you get in certain situations like in a choir when everybody's singing or a church or a group you get great emotional hit but there's no you can't hold on to that because and then you're back outside like, those doors and you're right back in it yeah it's like trying to build a house on quicksand it just yeah. it, it just doesn't work yeah yeah so uh I think that it's that's because that kind of self-loathing and self-hatred that and self-judging that we do is so deep within us mm. that uh, it, it it's hard to you can't really face it directly right on. You can just start trying to quiet your mind a little bit, you know, just just like watching the breath or repeating some mantra or just allowing, you know, but even then it's so difficult for people. Yeah. 
really true. difficult. True. Even after years for me, on some mornings I'll sit to do my mantra and I'm complete, like just back and forth, back and forth. I loved how one day you said, it's like, if you don't have a practice, it's like you're free falling all day. You have nothing to come back to. And it's bizarre how I can be literally sitting, trying, <laughs> trying yeah. to stay. Yeah. And my mind is like, okay, let's think about yeah. this. And we got to plan for this. And this is on the to-do list. And then I'm back to the mantra. And then, no, I need yeah. to do this later. And I can't forget to do this. And it's to see it yeah. happen. And it you wouldn't see it happen if you weren't sitting quietly, like you right. said, getting quiet exactly. inside. Yeah. Yeah, but that's it. It's very painful to see that stuff too. I mean, it's not easy, uh, and people think they're doing something wrong, but actually, you're doing something right. Yeah. We, otherwise, you'd never notice. Yeah. At all. Yeah, and you know, for me, mm-hmm. it was like 2013 before I saw the sky. Like I was telling my mom that the other day, and I know that sounds bizarre and crazy, but I was lost in thought until like late 20s. I read The Power of Now finally, and then. Um, be here now, Ram Dass. And all of a sudden, I was able to step out just for a bit, just to see, to witness the thoughts, to be in that witnessing position for the first time. And it blew my mind. And I was living in Happy Valley in Pennsylvania, and I saw the mountains and the sky, and it was so vivid and beautiful. And I'm like, where have I been for decades? Uh, <laughs> for decades. That's great. For decades. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. 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 St. John of the Cross wrote, in the beginning, the father uttered one word. Mm. That word is his son. And he utters him forever Mm. in everlasting silence. And it's in silence that the heart must hear. Wow. Now that silence is not just the absence of noise. It's not even just the absence of thought. It's the presence, the being in which we live, the space, the vast presence in which we all live. Everything exists inside of that vast space. There's no outside of that. Everything is within that. Just like the clouds and the birds and the plains and everything and the earth are surrounded in space by space. Everything is held in that space. Mm. And that is the silence of being, which is not the absence of noise. Right. It's not even the absence of thought. Right. It's the freedom from uh, being stuck to any of those experiences, being identified with or glued to the stuff as it goes through. So you can be aware of this space, that presence, while thoughts are racing, while the noise of the world, your inner world is racing, that stillness, you can become aware of it. Yes. But if you wanted to be more accurate, mm-hmm. you wouldn't say you can become aware of it. You would say, uh, because that implies there's a you mm-hmm. to become aware of that space but actually we are that space so it's like it's announcing itself our true nature is so what we do is we we just it's like when a kid is playing you know Mm -hmm. they're just playing they're not like thinking like wow i'm really playing isn't this great i'm really here now isn't that wonderful i'm here they don't no that's a meta story Mm. and when you're really present you're not 
there's nobody saying, wow, I'm really present. This is great. I finally made it. You know, it's not like that. So that's why when you sit, for instance, and repeat the mantra or listen to the mantra in your mind, you know, uh, you don't have to be thinking about whether it's working or not. You don't have to be thinking about anything. You just need to be doing being with the mantra. But then we, we're always we always have that tendency, like, oh, okay, good. Um, now now I'm with the mantra. Oh, this mm-hmm, is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then you're gone again. Yep. <laughs> so that's why you, you don't try to manipulate. You don't try to judge or evaluate. You simply do the practice. Whether you think it worked or not, that's not your our problem. You know, you've planted the seeds by trying to pay some attention to it. Then go and be stupid the rest of the day. It doesn't mm-hmm. make any difference. You know? So when you say um, it's not you, right? Becoming aware of it. It's not you doing the practice. It's not you doing the meditation. I believe I read in your book where you're, you're basically saying it's doing you. So this practice is arising where you are. I know it's really difficult to say in words, but it's like, it's if it's not yeah. you that's sitting to do the mantra because you're not there, then you're witnessing. Yeah. This. You know, it's like, it's like uh, you're in a car, you're, 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 you're a student driver. Mm-hmm. And you're in a car that has two steering wheels and two sets of yes. uh, yeah. controls. Mm-hmm. And you're driving along, you know, you think, well, I'm really driving. This is great. And then you miss, you know, you some uh, some animal runs across the road and you forget to hit the brakes. The, the teacher is going to hit the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the teacher is your true self. Mm-hmm. You know, we're identified with being the doer. Where you know I'm doing this, I'm meditating, I'm cooking food, I'm this, I'm a mother, I'm a father. I'm, that's normal. That's normal stuff. But there's a deeper reality, which is that life is just unfolding, so to speak. Yeah. And we're like riding the wave, you know, right on the edge of the wave. We're surfing that wave, but we're not making the wave move. We're just riding the surf. We're, we're riding that energy. Yeah. Uh, that unfolding. Um. That's not what's really important. What's important is that we want to be good human beings. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to be treated well by other people, and we we do want to. We if we weren't threatened and and resentful and defensive, if we didn't have all that stuff. We would naturally treat other people well. Right. So we want to get to the place where we can treat other people the way we want to be treated. And that takes a lot of work because yeah. we have all these programs running. So when we do chanting, for instance, we we sing or repeat these names, these mantras. And um, when we notice that we're, we, we, we've been lost in thought or memory or imagination about this or that or remembering, oh, tomorrow when I go to the store, I have to remember to get that, mm-hmm. you know. And then you go, oh, wait, I'm sitting with a thousand people singing, and I've been singing, but I haven't been paying any attention. So then you come back again. That's all you do. You just keep coming back again and again and again. And uh, little by little, we get more familiar with how it feels to be here and what that really means. Because right now, if somebody says, well, 
you're not really here. You say, what do you mean I'm not really here? I'm here. Well, you are and you aren't. You know, it's like, so every time we come back, they've proven that there's a neural pathway in the brain that actually gets deeper and changes. And then it gets easier to come back. And and the brain starts to change in shape and the, the different pathways open up. And uh, we get the ability to uh, not be so stuck in our thoughts and not be so tortured by our obsessive thinking. And uh, that's when we can actually, uh, it, it relaxes us in a way and we can be more present with other people because we're not so identified with our own storylines all the time. Right. Yeah. I've noticed that the identification with me and the stuff that I do during the day is lessened when I have brought the chant out into the day. So I'll get up, I'll do my mantra for a couple of hours in the morning, and then I'll start the day. But it's easier to stay kind of in a witnessing position and like a little bit back, seemingly back, even though it's not that, but it feels like mm -hmm. I'm more behind um, sure. watching the walking and the eating and the preparing and the this and the that and the anger that comes up or the frustration that comes up. It's easier. There's some space there, you know, yeah. um, which it's before the, the chanting, yeah. before yeah. mantra, because I was just practicing the presence of God, like Brother Lawrence. I had been doing that for several sure. years. Right. I needed something meatier, you know, because I was recognizing yeah. that I wasn't aware of the love as much as I thought mm -hmm. I was. <laughs> so when yeah. I recognize yeah. that, I'm like, I need something that's a bit more tangible um and right. i would come back to mantra all the time but up until this year it felt like a chore it did mm -hmm. not feel fun and i even listened to one of your songs in 2018 and um i wasn't ready for it yet it was like some version of sitaram and i'm like oh it's beautiful but mm, you know i'm i'd rather listen to drake or beyonce or coldplay or something <laughs> and <too>. then yeah <laughs> but no so this year I started with my regular playlists at the top of the year and it, like by April, May, maybe half the playlist was some of your songs. And then like now, my the only playlist I have is your music and a couple of other um, Kirtan singers. Like that's it. That's all I listen to. Every now and then I'll play like a Coldplay song, but it's very rare and it's not a chore anymore. It's not just to sit and do the mantra, yeah. but like all day, like returning to it throughout the day. It's a love yeah. now. I'm excited to wake yeah. up and do my practice. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, um, yeah, this is, uh, that's wonderful. And, and to put it simply, what you feel and what other people feel and what I feel when I chant or when chanting is happening is my guru, is Neem Karoli Baba. Mm. This little old man with the blanket up in the mountains of India who, who left the body in 73. Uh, this is, he's transmitting that beautiful presence that all these great beings have become, that, that incredible love. And, that, and, and we're just trying to remember that because that's our, our own truth inside. And the so-called, the mantras that we sing, which in India, they call the names of God or the divine name. That's really the, essentially the name of our own true nature. It's not something outside of us. Right. That's where people get stuck. 
even thinking that a guru is outside. No, guru, God, and true self are one thing. They're not different. So. Uh, That's Ramana Maharshi. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And all the great saints say that. Maharaji said, guru is not outside. Surti Sai Baba said, guru is not outside. But it looks like that to us because we see we're attached to our bodies. We identify with our the sense input that we get and the, and the messages we get from the senses. And and uh, so we think we're seeing something outside of ourselves. But really, we're all seeing our own storyline projected on the outside. And as we calm down and as we let go and release our those untie those knots in our hearts, what we see changes. The way we go through our day changes. Things don't look so scary. People don't look so aggressive. Everything changes, you know. It's really, uh, it's amazing how things do. And, and, and we spend less and less time in negative states of mind, which is something you might not notice for a long time because when you're not, lost in your stories you're just here you're just at ease and you're not counting you're not you know evaluating at that moment it's only when the evaluator starts again that you start to notice yeah. that way yeah. so most of the real changes come under the radar with this, mm-hmm. these practices we can you know it's like when you're like in la if you're in la and you're you come in from like beverly hills and you're driving towards the ocean mm-hmm. Uh, what's the name of that street? There's a street. Yeah, I'm the wrong one. No sense of direction. Yeah, no, no, I'm I've been there remember. many, many times. But I'm always but, in the back but, seat of an Uber. <laughs> yeah, right. If you're, if you're in, like driving through Pacific Palisades, there's one cross street that says something like uh, Ocean Mist or something like that. Something, and the minute you cross that street. Then you can smell the ocean. Mm. You can smell it, and you then you're you know you're you, and this is what happens. You know you as we do these practices, we we're moving towards that place inside of us, and the way we see the world changes. The world changes around us. So, how does that look for you now versus? Like you said, fifty years ago. Like when you look out, look, and I know that's kind of like, like back a computer to the same screen question. now. <laughs> it looks like a computer screen now. Before it looked like real people. Now I don't know. Yep. I think it's all playback. It's all Zoom now. <laughs> just, just a video now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Do you keep your um, mantra going, like during the day, or is that not? It comes and goes. You know, I I, I I attend to it at times, and other times I'm just lost in my daily stuff and then it'll show up again you know and uh, it's like hello uh, remember yeah, in, close in and out yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, yeah and what a blessing for me to be able to chant so much with people you know that's I I didn't sing for a long time uh, after Maharaji left the body uh, for 20 years I didn't basically chant with people but then uh I had this epiphany uh, where I understood very clearly that if I did not sing with people, uh, I would never clean out the dark shadows in my own heart. And 
it was understood that those shadows were the only thing that was causing me suffering. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had to get with the program or I was up to here in the water, you know, <laughs> and it, if I, in order to stay here, I have to chant. If I don't chant, it's like, oh, yes. <laughs> and you're, 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 you're breathing ocean spray there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So you started um, chanting. And what a, yeah. Hmm? I said, then you started chanting after the 20 then years. I started singing with people. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there was no program. I had no agenda. I wasn't, uh, I was just trying to save my miserable ass. Mm -hmm. That's what I was doing. But, uh, he had a program. He had a, he had designed a drama for me to uh, play a part, and mm -hmm. it took a while for it to get going. When I first started singing, it was like eight or nine people in the room, and so you know, and it was like that for a while. Wow! And then uh, David and Sharon, who ran Jiva Mukti in New York, Jiva mm -hmm. Mukti Yoga, uh, they invited me. I, I'm, I introduced myself to them, and they invited me to come sing for like 20 minutes on Mondays when they did their little satsangs with their teachers and so for a few months I you know I sang 20 minutes and then I showed up one day and they were gone they had left for India so I sang for like two hours right and they were gone for a long time they were gone for months wow. and little by little people started coming lining up at the door you know and there were like 50 100 people by the time they came back. So they came back one day and I came in there. They were, oh, hi, you know. So I started chanting like usual and I just kept chanting. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, shit, they're here. And I, I've been singing for like an hour. So I kind of just looked over at them like, <laughs> like this, cool? you know. <laughs> yeah. And they went like, they looked at each other and just went like that. And so from that point on, Mondays was mine, you know. I, it was awesome. so great. But there was no... The, it just happened, you know. Yeah. I didn't make it happen. I didn't even think about it. I was just singing. Yeah. It's amazing. It really that's how it works. Hmm? I said, that's how it works. It sounds like you were that's coming into alignment and that just blossomed. I'm still coming into alignment. <laughs> and there's, there's blossoms everywhere. I don't know where awesome. they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love your reiteration in chance of a lifetime in your book repeatedly that it's like you're singing from that love to that love and I would read that and I'd think about that and I'd come to some form of realization like that many times in the past but you know all that kind of stuff is very fleeting and it's much easier to become aware or to be in that place where it's like it's not that you're chanting Krishna's name or Ram's name it's mm -hmm you're singing from Krishna or from Maharaji to mm -hmm. Maharaji as Maharaji and looking out at Krishna, mm -hmm. at Maharaji, at love. So it's like from, to, and then looking at, you know, all is yeah. this one thing. All is yeah. this one. Very true. Very true. But, you know, you do have to, but you keep chanting. Keep chanting. See, that's the thing. You keep chanting and you keep letting go until there's only chanting going on and there's nobody doing it. It's just happening. And any thinking about it or quick little understandings, those are good, they come, uh-huh, 
but you keep letting go. Back to the chanting, yeah. Always, because eventually there'll be nothing to let go of anymore, and you'll be you you'll be at ease, resting in that flow of love. Mm. But uh, until that time, one has to keep reminding oneself to let go and not get caught in understanding it too much. Right. Because you can that that's a very that's kind of a sattvic uh, obstruction where you think you you understand, and that means that you still think you're there. You and still the think you you think you are. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so you just keep letting go, and that that gives you a strength to get through the day in a different way, because you have confidence. Uh, there's a confidence that kind of develops that you nothing will be too much you you can deal with whatever arises it doesn't have to be no program of fear or protection has to happen because you, you feel so uh deeply connected to everyone and confident in that feeling that uh then your heart really becomes available yeah. to whoever uh but you know, it's, it's it's a path that you know comes up and down, in and out. There are good days, there are bad days, there are hard days, there are days when things are easier. You just keep going, you know, and you do the best you can, and you try to be wholehearted and sincere mm -hmm. with yourself and with others, best you can, and. Uh, to get that kind of strength to, to let go of stuff, that, that comes from practice. Right. Whatever that means to you or to anyone, people, many people you know, have different kinds of practices and they're all good. Mm -hmm. But the best practice is the one that you do. Exactly. Yeah, so. When you say letting go, um, I'm going to give an example and see if this is what you're talking about. So let's say I get an email that, makes me upset in that moment noticing the chanting coming you know to begin with the mantra is that letting go sure that's the beginning of letting go that's the beginning of remembering to let go okay but there might be still lingering around it there might be some you know, like who the fuck is that person? Mm -hmm, yeah, like that, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, son of a bitch. You know, you know, you know, okay, you want to be like that? Fine, Sri Ramdeer. Yeah. So that's why that's why you want to always just remember, let go, and and not push things away because if you push the, your reaction away, you are actually sticking to it. So you do. You then the mantra shows up. Uh, okay. And, you start to calm down and you recognize there's still, you know, I remember once a CD came out and there was an, uh, a, a, a review on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hope this is okay to be a little X-rated. So <laughs> I looked at it and, and the reviewer said, who is this guy? He sounds like a, like, like a, like a frog being fucked underwater. Good Lord. Right. <laughs> so, I read that and I I just said, wow, this is so great. So I wrote to myself, well, what kind of frog was that? 
And my, my friend David, who plays with me, he wrote to me and says, how do you know what a frog sounds like? In it's an excellent question. <laughs> yeah. So, see, this is, you know, people. Now, that I could have had a different reaction, right? I could have gone like, oh, you know. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just, I, I just, mostly these days, I can, I don't buy into other people's versions of themselves or me. Uh, that's the other thing that patients have heard. when somebody says something to you that's hurtful or harmful or nasty we take it we tend to take it personally but really if you look you see oh it's only coming out of that person's pain right and that person's pain is a result of the things that happen to that person in their lives and they don't have any way to, to deal with it so they're just exploding in all directions and you just happen to be standing there. It looks like you're the target, but you're not really the target because they don't know who you are. Exactly. So you can, and all that can happen just like in the blink of an eye so that you just look at that person and go, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. And you walk away, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, but you don't carry it with you because it didn't mean anything to you. It doesn't right. grab you. You don't take it personal. Yeah, because, yeah, because because when when we do these practices and we really begin to understand ourselves and why we hurt other people, and we see how hard it is for us not to be defensive, not to lash out, not to create suffering, how much harder is it for somebody who has no understanding of the path at all? No understanding that there's any way to go through the day without fighting and yeah. and being beaten up, you know, and inner inner wise, not you know. So of then you then what compassion just arises naturally, and it's not like idiot compassion, you know. It's not like oh, let me help this poor person. It's more like you you just don't get caught in it because you see and you see how hard it is for you. It's got to be a hundred times harder for this person. Oh yeah, and you just allow it to pass through you you know before um before covid happened i traveled a ton and i'd always find myself annoyed at airports because of just how ridiculous people get with each other at airports so i would always have the mantra going not good humanhood not bad humanhood christhood and somehow that would trigger me into just feeling that love and recognizing everyone kind of walking through and being that like forms of that. And it would make it easier yeah. for me to be compassionate <laughs> and to be patient. For sure. Absolutely. You know? Anything that, that helps is, is yeah. a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Let things roll off. Yeah. I mean, in the old days, if you ever go to a supermarket, you know, and just look around while you're going through the aisles, there's nobody home. That's so Everybody's true. just wheeling that cart around like, Sweet. Grabbing stuff and, (laughs) you know, and like rushing through the store. And and you look around, it's like, is there anybody here? There's Mm -hmm. nobody here, you know? Every once in a while, like the cashier will give me a look and you go, ah, that person's here. Exactly, exactly. Every once in a while. But mostly people just uh, just spend their whole lives in dreamland and never get here for a moment. Sleepwalking. Racing around, too. I was with my mom once at a grocery store and she was rushing. And I knew we didn't have anywhere to go. Neither of us had anywhere to be. And I'm like, why are we moving so fast? And where are we going? She's like, ah. I'm like, right. I'm, it's just a habit to move yeah. and do that way. You know, like we can slow sure. down and take our time. Nowhere to be right now. So 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, being with my guru was uh, physically in those days was uh, every, so many people came to him, you know, it, it was extraordinary just watching him be with everybody and how he treated people. And, and of course he knew everything, you know. Yeah. There's a really good book. I don't know if you, have you heard of Divine Reality? Yeah, you had it on your website, right? Yeah, it's a free download I on my website. It. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read the it. stories are unbelievable. Beautiful. Just so, uh, I just there's so many stories in there that are so incredible. But one day, this uh, old sadhu, this old yogi, came to the temple on his way back down from the mountains, and Maharaji was so sweet to him, and he kept giving him more food and more sweets and more sweets and more sweets and the the yogi was just like, no one has ever fed me like this. This is so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. you know, and he was all, you know, just blissed out and happy. And he got in the car to be driven down to the train. And they got about half an hour away from the temple and he had a heart attack and died. Wow. Wow. And Maharaji said, I sent him away with love. I sent him off with love. Mm. You know, he, in that moment, you know, Maharaji was like that. There was, not that he was always, uh, if you needed to be reminded, you know, mm -hmm. he would give that to you. But but he, but he, it was all out of love and compassion, you know. Yeah, I heard about the jiao, jiao. <laughs> I read all about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, he used to say, jiao, go away is my mantra. He used to say. Go away. <laughs> one time, one time this uh, old devotee of his came to the temple with a friend of his. And the friend had another guru. Uh, and who had a big ashram, and you know. So Maharaji looks at this guy and said, "Why don't you come here? At your guru's place, there's kirtan, bhajan, seva, everything. They're here. It's just ow, cow, jow. Come, <laughs> eat, go." <laughs> but in those three words, the whole universe turns on those three words, you know. And uh, he was so beyond, beyond, beyond understanding. And he had become that presence, that vast presence. He had merged himself, disappeared himself into that vast presence in which we all live. Mm -hmm. And he was, everything he did was from that space. And he would allow people to enter into that love, you know? And then our minds would bring us back out of it. And then he would, you know, throw you a banana and laugh at you. And then you'd be back in it again. Mm -hmm. And then your mind would take you out of it again. And then, he, you know, hit you in a, with a banana in the heart when you weren't looking and you turn around and go, <laughs> you know, and you're back in it again. Because that's, and you began to understand from the inside how our stuff just pulls us out of ourselves, you know, into all these crazy places in our heads, you know. Right. So all the practices are to allow us to remain in that place of beauty and love that, that lives within all of us. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I, 
I want to help folks that have not started a chanting practice that might be interested in starting one. So maybe we can give them like a quick couple of tips on like how to choose one if necessary. Like, do you recommend just kind of sticking with one? I always hear you say sometimes you feel like a nut. So maybe sing whatever you <laughs> feel like singing, <laughs> chant whatever you feel like chanting and just going with that. You know, I think you really need to find your own way into it. Mm-hmm. Other than the basics of, you know, you, you sit comfortably. It doesn't have to be on the ground. It doesn't even have to be sitting. Uh, but in order to spend some uh, directed time getting familiar with the practice, it would be good if you dedicated a short period to it where you weren't doing anything else, where you turned your phone off if possible and just sat or stood or lay down or whatever. And, and just, um, you know, certainly they, you can sing along with my, my CDs or some other else's CDs who are chanting and, what they what we chant in India they call the names of God, but don't worry about that. I don't, <laughs> because these are these are the names of your own true self. They're they're the names they're doorways into who you truly are. We truly are, and so. And by paying attention to the sound of these mantras of these names we're automatically not being lost in thought for that instant. And then you get lost and you remember and you come back again and again and again and again. And don't try too hard. Oh my goodness, please don't try too hard. There's nothing worse than trying too hard. Uh, just take it easy, relax, spend a few minutes at it. And spend If it gets more comfortable, spend a few more minutes at it. Don't try to sit down for an hour you know, at the beginning, uh, at least for the first 30 or 40 years, don't try to sit down for an hour. Wait, wait until you get a little bit more familiar because then you get into being too ambitious mm-hmm. and aggressive and trying to accomplish something that you think and get something you think you don't have. It's yes, not like that. Yes. You just want to be with yourself. You want to be here in an easy, relaxed, uh, open way. You want to be, and you want the mind and the thoughts to kind of be like a leaf that's falling from the tree, just floats down, flip, 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 like that. It's natural. It's just if we disengage from our thoughts, then our thoughts just gradually slow down. But in, in, to even in order to remember to disengage, that's why we keep, we try, we, we use a mantra or one of these names any one of them, they're all the same. They're all the names of the same place, ultimately, which is who we are, our true nature, our soul, so to speak. So um, just uh, use it. You can think of it also just as a concentration practice of trying to bring the mind back from being lost so much of the time, you know, and you want to Ultimately, it gives you yourself back. It, it, it fills you with a, a much more natural sense of who you are underneath all the programming that we've all had from the inside and the outside. You know, I mean, there's so much stuff going on that we're unaware of. You know, the, 
the way our parents treated us, how they saw us, not just how they saw themselves, but how they saw us. It's almost more important how they saw themselves. We absorbed that, uh, that uh, shape from our parents because we saw how they went through their day. And we saw how life worked through their eyes. And so we absorbed all that. We didn't even know that, you know. And that's still going on. And then there's all the things that happen to us. So much stuff. So just easy. Just take the mantra, whatever it is, Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram. What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything other than who you are. Yes, Ram is one of the incarnations of God in India. Yes, Sri Ram, Jai Ram means glory to God, victory to God, which means yourself, glory to yourself your true nature, who you are. Let that be victorious over all the illusion and all the suffering. But that's secondary. Just hear the sound, keep coming back again and again and again, that's all. And uh, play around, see what works for you. You know, uh, the whole spiritual path is learning how to trust yourself. Right. That's all. What yourself is, is something that gets deeper and deeper and how you begin to rely on your own experience gets deeper and deeper. So, and that all comes, that's, that's the ripening process of, of practice. Yeah. Uh, it's really, life is a ripening process. We don't necessarily have to learn stuff, but the fruit gets sweeter as it gets ripe. Yeah. And the, the love gets stronger as we, recognize our our own beauty and our own love it's just it's a ripening process it has been that way i was gonna say it's been that way for me this year with your music because i it felt like a chore saying the names and i knew that i needed to because it felt i know it's not that Nikki needs to feel good. Like you say, it doesn't matter how the person feels when the chanting is happening. Because that's a good being book. Dissolved, right? That's, that's a, great a good book. title for a book. Nikki needs to feel <laughs> right. good. I won't steal it from you. Nikki yet. needs okay. to feel good. That is a good title. Um, yeah. So, but at the same time, this year, listening to the music, like for instance, um, Vrindavan Hare Ram, I did not know was the Maha Mantra. I was just singing it like since July, right. singing it like terribly but loudly and then at some point I recognized you know like after reading some other book I'm like oh I've been singing this like I already know the words and now I can chant that like Hare Krishna Hare Krishna I can do that mm -hmm. and it, yeah. it's, it happens naturally and it feels good to do it but mm -hmm. if you had told me to do that in January I'd be like I don't have time to say these names it's too many names I just want to stick with one so I can get it done really quickly now I <laughs> it's like an enjoyment <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to go yeah. through all of that because of the music. And now yeah. um, my favorite, I, what's my favorite? I put them all here. Um, the Sundara Chalisa. Like I know yeah. the Hanuman Chalisa now because of you. Yeah. I know the freak, right. like 90% of it. I know because I've yeah. listened to it a million times, but it's because the way you drop beats at the end, <laughs> it's like a party. So mm -hmm. you get through mm -hmm. the Chalisa, it's always a party at the end. It's it's beautiful mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah. it's it's powerful. And I've shared with, everybody that I've talked to Monday nights um, in my meditation. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you guys yeah. got to check out the book. You got to check out the music, have an mm -hmm. open mind and see if it's for you. Yeah. 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 It, it's all a question of what people relate to, what they feel at East with. Um, 
on one hand, these are just techniques which we can use or not use. Right. There shouldn't be any uh, manipulation or feeling that we have to do this uh, because it's good for me. You know, that's the last thing you want to think. I mean, mm-hmm. if you tell me to stand up, I'm going to sit down. You know, that's yes. just the way it is. You know, <laughs> just, uh, But if I know it feels good to stand up, well, then I'll stand up, you know. And, uh, so we have to find what works for us. Right. And, uh, and unfortunately, or fortunately, or whatever, where uh, it's our own unhappiness that, for most of us, that forces us to find a way to live in the world in a good way. Absolutely. Because what's happening is not working for us. And, but the thing is, if we even know, to even know that there's a way to do this in a good way, is already itself uh, a fruit of our own previous efforts in this direction. Because most people, they don't have that understanding that there's any other way to live. They don't understand that happiness is something that comes from within, that love is here all the time. You don't get it from anyone. Uh, you can't give real love to anyone. You can't withhold but you can it share. from anyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, if even if a person even begins to understand that there's something that can be done, that's a great thing, you know. Already, I came into this uh, world grumpy. There's like video footage of me at like seven, eight, nine, ten, just frowny. You know, I was super shy, super awkward. And I was raised Catholic and had millions of questions and no one had any answers. The priests were like, I don't know what she's talking mm-hmm. about. And so I started seeking like at eight, nine um, in bookstores in the New Age aisle, you know, and mm-hmm. I started reading Buddhism, like Buddhist texts in college, but then just kind of mm-hmm. got lost again until my late yeah. 20s after a stint with law of attraction. <laughs> <laughs> so then that took me to like non-duality, um, like Hinduism, Advaita, uh-huh. and then all the way back around to like the Christian mystics. And I sure. don't, yeah. I'm not anything like Christian or Hindu. It's just love. Yeah, just me love. neither. I don't, you know, I just want to be a human being. I'm working yeah. on it. Yeah. Uh, if I ever get that right, I'll worry about the next <laughs> Right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, later on, send me your address. I'm going to send you a book. Oh, yay. I absolutely feel really, it's really a great book. I heard you're making audio book of Chance of a Lifetime. Is that true? I did already. It's probably going to come out in January. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. I hope you all are too. You should definitely get it. I'll be getting it, even though I have (laughs) the Kindle version and a hard cover. (laughs) It's Uh just, it's that good. It's awesome. And it's very, I love your teaching style. I don't even think you call it teaching. It's just, it's very practical it's like practical spirituality like this is what you can do to be a good human and in the meantime recognize what you are beyond this you know yeah yeah so thank Uh, you thank you thank you thank you and for introducing us to Maharaji oh well yeah I mean the he he gets his own work done he could make us he could make a stone do what I do but you know (laughs) But he, for some reason, he, he's letting me do it. So uh, I saw a quote today where Ram Das said um, somebody was thanking him for introducing him to Maharaji, and he said, "I'm the worm, and Maharaji's a fisher. You know, the fisherman." <laughs> <laughs> I 
I've got yeah. a million pictures of Maharaji around the room, you know. Great, great. Since April Very of this good. year, it's become a large part uh -huh. of my life. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, he, he, uh, he, he, uh, he just sneaks in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And, uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I want to let everyone know how they can get in touch with you. Um, if there's anything that you want to share, um, please do so now. And we'll also put it up on the website too. Uh, everything I do is up on my website, which is krishnadas.com. <clears throat> and uh, there's a lot of free stuff on the website too. A lot of podcasts, a lot of this and that, all kinds of stuff. So you're welcome to jump in and see what's up there. Um, yeah, I hope we can go on and keep sharing these uh, good moments together as time goes on. And all of us, you know, when I when I started singing with people, it was very much, I had that epiphany, but it was very much that it had to be with people, not sitting alone in my room. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, I'm so grateful that people enjoy singing with me because if nobody came, what would I do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'd probably sing, but, you know, it, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. So I knew I had to sing with people in order to make activate this place inside myself. And yeah. So it's just been incredible the way it's worked out and working out so far. When you do your japa during the day, whenever you hear it come up, is it to a melody or is it just the words? It's both. Okay. You know, it, it, some like if I just watched uh, some of uh, Nirvana doing their uh, their uh, acoustic thing, mm -hmm. uh, that thing they did at uh, what do they call it? Uh, come on, I know what it is. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was a series um, that they did a lot of electric bands they did acoustic sets mm -hmm. so it was fantastic so i just so now I, all my chanting comes out in those melodies like nirvana you know nice. all day long nice yeah. like unplugged or something something yeah like unplugged that? exactly unplugged. yeah that was it, just it. Came yeah there you go. <laughs> yeah it was fantastic you know so I, and one time i was with sting and uh i had heard one of one of his melodies was going on in my head and i kept singing some mantra to it so I said, you know, I heard I have this great new melody. You know, did you ever hear this? It goes like this. And he just like, no, I never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that mountain hari ram is so good. The mountain hari ram, yeah, that's sweet one. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, no, it's just uh, I don't sit around trying to come up with melodies. They just, I just, I kind of hear them in my head, and I go, oh, that's nice. Is that what happened on Sundara Chalisa? Am I saying that right? Sundara Chalisa? Sundara, Sundara, yeah. Sundara means beautiful. Sundara Chalisa, oh my goodness. Sundara, That's amazing. I think so, yeah. I mean, I don't know where that came from. I don't know where anything. They all come from him. How they get here, I have no no clue. Was that like that combination of names? I know like Rama and Lakshman, like I know that they're they're together in the books, but have you had you heard that chant before? Yeah, no. Well, yeah, no, there's a story about that. Uh, ah. You haven't heard it. That's good. You're probably the only person in the world who hasn't heard it. <laughs> it was uh, back in the day with Maharaji. We used to live, at first, one point we lived in a, a town nearby and we'd take the bus to the temple every day. 
And uh, one day we got there and there were these uh, these two older sadhus. They were walking down the road and they, they came into the temple. And when Maharaji came out, they asked him uh, if they could stay for a while. So he said, yeah, you can stay. But every day you have to sit out in front of the Hanuman temple and sing Sitaram, Sitaram, just Sitaram. So they said, great, you know, good, good rent to pay. So the next day we, we arrived and they were out there singing. And so we were sitting waiting for Maharaji to come out and listening to them chant. And they were like this. There were two guys sitting opposite each other. They didn't have any instruments or anything, right? So one guy went, Sitaram, 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 Sitaram. And the other guy went, Sitaram, 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 Sitaram. Like this, just back and forth, back and forth. And we weren't really paying attention, but it was filling the air. So then after a while, maybe they got bored or something, right? And the guy goes, Sitaram, 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 Jelachaman. So the other guy goes, oh, jazz, you know? <laughs> and he goes, Sitaram, 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 Jelachaman. And then all the... With no time at all, they're going, Ram, Lachman, Jan, Ki, Bolo, Hanuman, like this. Wow. So Maharaji, from inside his room, all of a sudden we heard, Sitaram! <laughs> Sitaram, Sitaram. So that was the first time I heard that, Ram, Lachman, Jan, Wow, that is, that's so, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't heard that, that one until like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And it changed. I was huh. like, this is a Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> I played because <laughs> before yeah, that yeah. one, I was listening to um, the Door of Faith, Chalisa, because I liked how the um, oh yeah, calling yeah, out to Chalisa. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the one that I was listening to. That's the one I really learned the Chalisa yeah. from. And so yeah, getting yeah. this new one, it felt new to me. I'm like, this is awesome. I don't know. Yeah, this that, is awesome. that that prayer that prayer came from my friend Bernie Glassman. Ah, Do you know Bernie the story Glassman. for that? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a Zen. He was a Zen Roshi. He died uh, a year and a half, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a very dear, dear friend. He was uh, my elder, but it was just, uh, it was so much love between us. It was just so amazing. So one day I got an email from him saying, with these four lines of a prayer, eight lines of a prayer. And at the bottom, can you do something with this? So I wrote back, I said, like what? And he wrote back and he said, well, you know, we Buddhists aren't that good with melody. Maybe you could come up with a nice melody for this because this is a prayer we do with in our Zen peacemaker community. So if you come up with a melody, then we could all sing it together. So I said, well, how long do I got? He said, well, our next meeting's in 11 months. So cool, yeah, a little bit of time. Right. So I carried those words around me, around with me around the world, you know, and I kept looking at them. They would look at me, look at them. Mm-hmm. So I wrote to Bernie, I said, Bernie, uh, you know, can I mess with the words a little? I get a one word email back, mess. So I kind of rearranged a couple of the words and then this melody came. And uh, so I realized that there was a couple of things that happened. First of all, the prayer is about making an offering of our hearts to all beings and to recognize the interconnectedness of all of us. And that had been a very deep experience that Bernie had. And that's why that prayer was so important to him and powerful for him. But on the other hand, I noticed, I recognized to myself that 
we want to do that. We want to be able to do that, but we have our stuff, right? Right. And what is the best way to uh, clean the mirror of our heart and and try to let o- overcome the things that prevent us from opening up? For me, that's the Hanuman Chalisa. Mm. So the two came together, and the melody worked for both of them. And so I called that Bernie's Chalisa. And uh, he didn't know that until one day he, he looked on the CD and said. Oh, I didn't know you called it that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's awesome. What it is. That's so yeah. cool. Beautiful story. So, uh, beautiful. Yeah, music. so it, it's a beautiful, beautiful prayer. And, uh, you know, like this Holiness the Dalai Lama says, you know, everyone innately is good at heart. Mm. Everyone, even the people who do the worst things in the world, underneath their stuff. They're not different than us. That's really hard. Yeah. Because there's a lot of bad stuff happening. And there always was and there always will be, I guess. But to not... How do you transform that? Well, if we're going to react out of anger and fight against those things, we're only going to create more resistance in a way. Right. So it's very it's very deep stuff, you know. In order to change the world, we must change ourselves. We, we we must. But it's not an isolated thing. It's not okay. I'm going to change myself in my room, and I'm never coming out. You know, it can't be like that because you won't change. You have to change in the way you relate and treat every single person that comes to you. Uh, Ram Dass always talked about the difference between roles and souls, you know, ah. you know, and uh, it's like that in a way. So, mm. um, and Maharaji would go mm. one finger, right? We, we go like, what, what are we getting busted for? You know, something <laughs> we did that he knew everything, something we were going to do or something we're thinking about doing, you know? Mm-hmm. He would go, you go like this. We said, Baba, what does it mean when you do that? He'd go like this, you know. And what does that mean? He said, many names, many forms, all one. All one. Sub-ek. All one. Sub-ek. So that's, that's the bottom line. But this is not something we need to talk ourselves into. That doesn't work. Is something we have to directly experience, yeah. and which we can. And when we do, everything is transformed for us. Uh, one should not, one should try to do the best one can do, but in terms of understanding and realization, you shouldn't try to mentally up-level yourself, up-level the game. I mean, to some degree that you can talk yourself down, you know, like, okay. But that's not going to eliminate that knee-jerk reaction that got you there in the first place, right? In order to soften that and ultimately transform that, those knee-jerk reactions, that comes from practice. That's the fruit of the deepening, ever-deepening practice and the desire to, to treat other people the way we want to be treated. Mm. golden rule golden rule that's what they call it who was that guy who said that oh yeah (laughs) Maharaj used to talk to us about Jesus all the time you know we were like what is going on here you know were you there that day 
where he talked about yes. meditating? Like, yes, were... I was there that wow, day. That's amazing. Earlier that day, this Canadian guy had come to the temple for the first time and didn't really know much about Maharaji. He didn't teach, he didn't write books, he didn't give lectures, you know. So Maharaji said, Why'd you come? What do you want? So he thought he should give a spiritual answer, you know. So mm -hmm. he said, Well, could you teach me how to meditate? Get out of here. Go in the back with the other crazy people. Go on. Go. And as the guy's walking away, he says, just meditate like Christ. Go on. So he came in the back. Ramdas was there. You know, and we were debriefing him because we debriefed everybody. What did he say? And then what did he say? And then what did he say? He said, meditate like Christ? Jesus, what is that about? You know. So then later, Maharaji came back to hang out with us. And Ramdas said to him, Baba, you said we should meditate like Christ. How did he meditate? So it, it seemed like he was about to say something, mm -hmm. but instead he just stopped. I mean, he stopped and his eyes closed. And it felt like the world stopped turning. It felt like the birds stopped flying in the sky, just boom. It was such an extraordinary moment. And then two tears come down his cheek, you know. And he kind of shook himself and he said he lost himself in love. He lost himself in love. That's how he meditated. He never died. No one understands. He loved everyone even the people who nailed him to the cross. Wow. He never died. He became one, he's one with all beings. No one understands, he never died. He lost himself in love. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. May it be so for all of us. Amen. Thank you again. I hope to have you back soon. We can chat some more. My pleasure. <laughs> Anytime. Just let me know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay. And thank you all so much for listening. And again, I'll be back soon with another episode of New Growth. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P 
dot com slash be here now.